My career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. Oh my goodness. My life is a complete shit show. I don't have a career I like. I can't seem to find anybody to date. Everybody just wants to have sex. And then on top of that, I'm trying to figure out my next career move because I'm over all of this. And on top of that, Valentine's Day is in just a few days. Sound familiar? Deep breath, boys. We're buckling up because we're going to talk about a whole lot of this shit with my good friend, Steve Disselhorse. And I just love this guy. Love this guy. Love this guy. Of course, he hates me right now because I left a group that he ran um, just a few weeks ago. But um, I think he's over that. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. He'll probably come blaring out at me in the middle of this podcast going, bitch, why did you leave me? But um, I love you, guy. And I'm so glad you're here to like, let's have some real conversations about like what us men are going through here. So um, it's your show now. Say something, bitch. Say something. Good morning. It's good to see your <laughs> smiling face. I know your your guests won't see see our faces, but it's great to see you. You um, too, man. You too. And I love yeah. that we're talking about some of this stuff because it seems like everybody seems like on their own interesting little island, like, oh, this is only happening to me. And it's like, no, not really. Yes. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. But- I think I think pandemic living has left a lot of us feeling we're the only person in the world that is experiencing these things and that's not the case right right and then i always get that well at least you have somebody i'm like well yeah that's true but now there's two of us try- <laughs> trying to survive in one house and we got go do stuff so there's advantages to not having somebody and there's advantages to having somebody too it's like we, we kind of like start driving each other crazy being cooped up so um but you're in that interesting space where you're, you're like back in the dating world you are going through a career shift as well, or yep. trying starting a, a business, uh, got two great kids. And on top of all that, like, Hey, here we are, this pandemic's never going to stop, you know? So, um, so let's talk a little bit about like, you know, that funky, since we're close to Valentine's day and we're not trying to put the, you know, salt in the wound, but it's a different world these days out there dating as a gay man. Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, so, yeah, I was in, uh, as you know, uh, I was in a relationship for 17 years that ended two years ago. And um, in the last two years, obviously, the pandemics and uh, going through a divorce has really been front and center. So I haven't really been focused a lot on dating. I would say in the last, say, six months, I've started to think about being out there again and sort of... Um, spending time with people and sort of redefining relationships and, and the world has changed. So I, I um, met my uh, ex uh, prior to the dating apps. Um, uh, So it's been a huge adjustment to me. We, we met, um, you know, obviously we saw each other in a bar and we struck up a conversation and uh, quickly there was a connection um, and that's how our relationship started. And now uh, we have the pandemic where there's very little bar activity. Uh, we have very little um, 
you know, uh, random social encounters out in uh, a park or, you know, going to a, a coffee shop because so much of it's been shut down. So everything's turned online and I'm just uh, really sort of adjusting and in many ways struggling with uh, <laughs> how to do that. How do we do this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's interesting, Steve, because so let's say you guys were together 17 years. So actually, you guys probably met around the same time that George and I did. And yet George and I did meet online, which is crazy that back in 19 or 2000, I guess, 2001, that we met online, which was so like, it was just the beginning, you know, of this, yeah. like, hey, let's take things online sort of thing. And yeah. that was back in the day when like, you know, you had to like, oh, oh the, look at this picture. And then you send a, oh, you're cute or, oh, you sound interesting. And then, you know, 24 hours later, you get a reply, which was the precursor to ghosting, obviously. <laughs> but, right, right. but that was because you reply, it sends them an email. So depending on when they look at their email, check their email, then they'd read it. And if they go back, then they had to go look at the profile and go, oh, I think so. And then they reply. Then it had to come back. So it was yep. a whole different thing. There wasn't this like no instant gratification in your yep. own hands. No pun intended there, guys. But, yep. uh, you know, it's so different. And the swipe left sort of swipe right sort of mentality that's going on these days. It's like, ah, no, no, no. So um, it's got to be challenging. Uh, yeah, I think for me, one of the biggest challenges is the uh, the commute, the arc of communication uh, on the on the app world. Right. Like, right. You can um, send someone a message and then there's a quick hello. And then there's this like flutter of communication back and forth. And then all of a sudden the person stops responding maybe for a day or two um, and then pops back up and then there's a flutter of activity and, and it's just very strange in the old days you would meet someone and you would chat and you would talk about, Oh, well, let's make a plan to get together um, or I'll call you in a week or I'll call you in seven days. And now people right? just drop in with, you know, they drop in with uh, an emoji and um, three words <laughs> and then they drop out and I'm kind of going, what am I supposed to do? Like, how do right. I communicate? And so I've been told by so many people like, man, you're so like formal in your, your, um, your text and your, um, I am communications because I'm like, usually a communication begins with a start. It has sort of a medium and then it, it finishes with a, some sort of, oh, we'll talk in three days or, oh, we'll talk in a week or, oh, we'll meet for coffee or I'll see you at that bar on Saturday. And now all right. of a sudden I'm just like, I don't. And then the silence is misinterpreted or the, yep. or actually what I find that's really interesting for me is that when that you're getting that online, that intense, like a lot of communication. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I got to go jump on a call with a client. Then I'm right. like, Hey, signing off for a few hours. And it sounds so formal. And they're kind of like, right. what, what are you like? Why are you giving me an update on your life? So it's just like, I'm just like, I don't know how to do this. Like right. it's so hard. Um, and so I'm just kind of like scratching my head and also realizing that there's a um, there's a learning curve for me and that mm -hmm. there is growth in that learning curve. And um, yeah, there's a whole different way of communicating. And I, 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 I've got some work to do on that. But that's OK, because 
okay, we're going to figure this out. But it's also, there's like just all these different ground rules, you know, it's like, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I play a lot in social media because of what I do, but it's like, some days I'm just like, how hard is it just to respond? Just, yep. just a simple response. I don't, I'm not like going, oh my God, they don't like me. Or, you know, it's not like having a huge thing to do with my confidence, but it's like, it's really that difficult to just respond. And I, and I have friends who this eats at me all the time. It's like, really, it's three days later and you're finally texting me back. I mean, you've been that busy. No, I just, yeah, I don't, I'm just like, okay. Now I have some friends who are like, yeah, I don't, I don't immediately, you know, respond to texts. I'll get to them usually at the end of my day or the next morning. Okay. I know that. So that that's their MO, you know, but in this whole online world, I mean, I have so many clients who talk about, I don't know if I'm saying too much, if I don't say enough, if I do say too much, then it's too much. I think I'm like wanting to pull the U-Haul up and let's move in together. Um, it's just an, a crazy, insane space. And then I, I know for me, the being the single parent also is like, oh, you have kids. And then suddenly like people are like, I'm out, you know, yeah. that sort of thing showed up a lot too. But um, yeah, I, I also think for me that the, um, you know, I share, share uh, custody with my ex, with my kids. Um, I have like 60% custody. So they're with me a lot. And I think, you know, on the days that they're with me, you know, between work and taking care of their needs, I have very little time to like chat with someone. And so I think that's the other thing that I'm very much aware of for the recipient is that like then that that's the other thing around planning is that I'll, I'll meet someone and it'll be on a day uh, when I have my kids for like six or seven days and I'll be like, okay, maybe we can catch up next weekend. And they're kind of like, why so long? And it's like, cause literally my I'm scheduled, I'm booked. I don't have availability because of my parenting responsibilities. And then it'll just be like, they'll be busy that weekend or out of town. Right. And they'll be like, sorry, that doesn't work for me. And so it just creates like sort of, you know, this like big gap. I think the other thing that, um, is just really interesting for, for me is that many, many of the men um, sort of like, you know, I'm in my fifties, right? Like so many of the men that are in my, my age range, you know, I live here in the Bay area are, you know, they're in open relationships and they're, you know, they're looking for someone to spend time with um, but they're not looking for a relationship. And so that's the other thing. So I end up finding, you know, a lot of guys in their thirties that are really interested, which is great. That's, um, that's great. But what I, what I find with that is that, you know, I grew up in the nineties when there was no prep, there was no, um, there was no, uh, treatment for HIV and AIDS. And, you know, what I find is just, there's this gap in sort of like experience and like, um, you know, the younger generation, you know, are very fortunate. They, you know, they've, have these opportunities not to have to think about HIV and AIDS in the way that we, we did. And so I find myself just kind of going, Oh my God, like this is moving really fast. And I'm like, back in the day, we would kind of like, you know, um, we would be really safe or we would like, you know, we would get tested and sort of like make sure both partners, you know, depending on, um, you know, whether folks wanted to use condoms or not, it was just like sort of a whole different, uh, game. And now it's like, it's like not even a topic on the, on the, 
on the table. And so I'm right. sort of having to shift like how I, you know, show up in those ways. So that's been really interesting as well. Well, it is interesting because these are like, it's, it's such a different space because as you said, you know, I, I came out right at the beginning of the AIDS epidemic and then I went back in. And so then as a guy who came out, you know, basically not quite 20 years later, but you know, I was 19 and came out at 36. It was a whole different world, but it wasn't as far moved forward as we see today. Right. Yeah. So then you have these conversations with, you know, you have, like you said, you have this subset of guys who are in relationships and then you have the younger kind of generation is like, I, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. This is just how we do this, you know? And you're like, Oh my goodness. And then you have people who are like, yeah, I just, I don't really think I even want to do this, you know, back to the guys who are in the open relationships. Like I just need somebody to spend some time with, have some fun with blah, 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 blah. So it's just, it's so all over the board that somebody looking for something of substance. Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like pulling teeth to get to where you want to get to. And on top of that, I think there's this almost urgency that the pandemic has now created. Like we're so human interaction starved. Yeah. Or we're human interaction starved, but we're afraid to go have the human interaction because who knows what might happen, right? So it's just, you're constantly just like playing a hundred different quote unquote game, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say the other thing for me is just, uh, I feel like I, uh, I have my feet in two camps, like dad identity role, which is like, you know, when the days I'm on it's, you know, it's what I do. I'm making, making kids sandwiches for school and feeding kids and homework and, you know, everything's about them those days. Right. And then all of a sudden the days that they're not with me, I'm like in this, single gay world, you know, men in speedos and, you know, all focused on body. And I'm, I'm like, what? you know, right. like, I'm like, what? and so I feel a little schizophrenic on days. Like, I'm like, who am I supposed to be today? Am I, you know, the single gay, single gay man looking, looking to hook up or looking for someone to date or someone to hang out with, or I'm the dad focused on making sure my kid's homework is in on time and that they're not catching COVID at school. <laughs> right. so it's like, I'm like, I have these dual identities. And some days I'm like, I don't know which identity I'm supposed to be in. And it makes it really difficult to like suddenly, you know, and I, I'm going to be the first one. I'm going to take Cupid's arrow and just like put it in the trash right now. But you get to Valentine's Day and then all it does is dig these wounds like, oh, we're supposed to be with somebody. Okay, cool. Contrived commercialism. Here we go. But there is this space in the heart that's like, I just want a relationship. I just would like to have a relationship. And now there's all these new rules, new barriers, all this stuff that crops up. I was talking to a client of mine and he's like, I'm really serious about being ready. I'm ready to have a relationship. And he is, I can tell he's, he's doing, done the work. He's, he's definitely moving forward, but he goes, just trying to do this is like putting such a stress on my life. And he goes, and, and now I'm starting to have some weird little health issues around stuff. And he goes, and I, and he happens to be a nurse. And he's like, I know as a nurse that part of the stress is I'm trying so hard, you know, to do this. And I said, well, bitch, but you're also working in ER. So <laughs> you've been dealing yeah. with COVID like firsthand too. 
Yeah. But he goes, yeah, but I, I, he goes, I'm realistic about where my stress is coming from too. Like I want to do something about this being single, you know, but I can't seem to break the code. I just can't break the code. And so now there's a stress that I was like, wasn't really anticipating I'd be stressed about this now too. So are you yeah. seeing that in your own world too, Steve, where it's like, it's just like in creates this inherent stress, so to speak. Yeah. I, I would say for me right now, uh, not not stressed about it. Um, I'm really focused on, um, so as you, as we started off the, the, the discussion this morning, I recently started my own business. So my priorities are really focused in on, you know, my business and my kids. And I also want to date. Um, but I'm realistic of my time constraints and where my focus is. So I'm not really at this point. And it's, it's still, I'm still, you know, obviously recovering from a 17 year relationship. So sure. I'm still in a place where I, I'm recovering. I'm not ready to jump in full. I definitely, um, I definitely uh, want to be spending time with someone, someone who finds me special and, and, right. um, and who, you know, checks in on me and who's caring for me in a way. I definitely feel a huge gap in my life there where, you know, at the end of the day, when you've had a really hard, exhausting day, there's not someone sending you a text saying, is everything okay? Is there anything I can do to support you? And, um, and that I really, you know, that I definitely want more of that. Um, and that's definitely where I feel a, a, a gap and would like to make some change and progress in that area. Yeah. But when you start layering all these different things on, so we've talked about the dating, yep. we talked about, you know, a little, we touched just a briefly a little bit on the health, but here you are also trying to create a new business out of everything. Suddenly the pressures of being who we are is quote men and then add the gay man thing and people are like why do you always say it's about gay men only because there's a whole another layer of issues we as gay men have to yeah. deal with just just the fact that we're not as ex accepted in society as other people but in your own work with clients you know before we'd come on you know to start recording this you had talked about these health issues that are showing up because guys are so focused on these things and then suddenly they're not feeling good. They're struggling. They're not sleeping, you know, all this sort of stuff. So bundle this all together and we're kind of a mess. Yeah. I mean, I think what I, I see with men, which is, which is different than with women that I see is um, men don't uh, don't think of physical well-being as part of their overall well-being and they don't um they don't take it as seriously. So I, I do leadership coaching. I also do family building coaching, but in my leadership coaching, I have guys that are coming in saying, Hey, this isn't going right in my career and I want to work on this. And then, you know, we'll create a plan and we'll start focusing in on the areas, whether it's, you know, getting a promotion or showing up, you know, removing imposter syndrome or, um, feeling other as a LGBTQ person in the workplace and sort of wanting to step into their power, whatever the issue is. But right. then what we'll do is we'll start really to dig in. And then, you know, um, after multiple sessions, you know, it'll be like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I haven't been sleeping because I have this health problem going on. And, right. um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm not feeling well. And then I'll say to them, 
things like, and it's, I've actually changed my intake with clients to really talk about like self-care. But one of the things I'll say to them is like, um, when was the last time you saw your, you know, your primary care doctor? And I mean, it's remarkable. Oh, it's been, you know, it's been three or four years, you know, and these are many of these men are in their forties and fifties. So they're not like twenties and thirties where you might be like, Oh, okay. I mean, you know, there's many things we need to be checked out for in our forties and fifties. And I'll be like, you haven't seen a doctor in, you know, two to four years, like what's going on here. And well, you know, it's, you know, uh, my doctor changed and I couldn't find a new one or, you know, I don't feel really that bad. So it's not, and I'm like, you know, if we're going to really focus in on this, you know, promotion, like, you know, we got to address the underlying like stuff that's going on related to the fact that you're not sleeping because you're, right. you know, have sleep apnea or because you have anxiety related to X, Y, Z. Like we need to talk about those things. I can't treat you for those. You got to go somewhere else. But right. like, if we're going to like conquer these other areas, holistically, your health has to be good. And mm-hmm. the, and I'll just say that the number of men, when I start to like bring that in, to the conversation, it's a huge, like it's a profound shift. Yep. Um, and so I think that's been like really gratifying to see men who are like, oh, you mean it's okay for me to go to a doctor? It's okay for me to get treated for this? And I'm like, absolutely. Well, um, it's just, it's okay to talk about this stuff. That's exactly the thing. I mean, again, men. So we're going to do the generalization. I always set that up. Like we're going to generalize men in general, do not like to talk about this stuff. They don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to open themselves up. They don't want to like go, Oh my gosh, I don't want my buddy to know this. Right now, add on to that gay men who we've been shamed into. We don't talk about who we are. And suddenly, you know, it's almost, in fact, I have, I interviewed somebody um, not long ago who I, he just, so beautifully talked about his whole journey of prostate cancer and how it changed his whole dating life completely. And he's like, I never thought I could actually ever talk about this because it's so important to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't talk about these things. We think we have to toe the line. And for a lot of us gay men, it's because you're not man enough. You got to be more manly. So by not saying what needs to be said, we're falling right into that trap. And I find it so, I'm going to say beautiful to admit, hey, I'm struggling because I've gone through a divorce. I have two kids. I want to put myself out there. I want to be this. I'm not sure I'm the guy who wants to have an open relationship, but I'd like somebody to be, I mean, oh my gosh, wow. What beautiful stuff to say, here's where my pain is. But yet gay men, we tend to like hold this crap in because we don't want to be judged. We don't want the community to know that we're struggling, blah, 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 blah. So how do we fix this, Steve? (laughs) I mean, I I think think talking about it is huge. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, like you just said, the the fact is we often feel other in a lot of settings. And so by adding on another quote unquote identity, that's um, what what we consider maybe a disability of some sort. We, we, uh, we are, we want to keep that to ourselves. So I too, was diagnosed with prostate cancer. I'm, I'm happy right. to say that, you know, it's been a couple of years since that diagnosis, but I went through, you know, a very long journey to try to figure out like what, I, how I wanted to be treated and underlying all of that was my identity as a gay man, my, my, uh, 
uh, identity, my sexual orientation identity, my identity of how I wanted to be sexually in relationships. And then obviously the whole issue around masculinity that was all tied into that journey. And um, I mean, I think that what, you know, like what ultimately uh, it really, that, that, that diagnosis brought me to, you know, I'd always been in therapy in and off in and out of therapy for years, but it brought me to going into a men's group, which was a, you know, a mixed men's group of gay men and straight men. And, and that group really helped me in profound ways because, you know, you heard all kinds of men struggling with issues that they were afraid to talk about. Um, And it was a place where I could just be really open and honest about my fears around my prostate cancer and how it was going to impact my sexual life. Um, And so that was really, uh, I think, a profound thing. So I think like what you're saying exactly is the idea around being open and honest and really just sharing, but it's hard for a lot of men that, you know, that's not how they lead. That's not how they live. And the more we have these conversations like we're having right now, I'm hoping by having these conversations, it shows it's okay. We can admit, you know, where we are, you know, we can admit what's going on. And, um, you know, as I've gone through my own stuff, I mean, suddenly I've got this weird stuff going on with my body where it's like, I never knew you could have too much calcium in your body. And then, you know, it's like, okay, great. Now we're trying to figure this whole thing out. Okay. I've had kidney stones. A lot of people have kidney stones. I'm not super concerned about it, but I haven't had one in like 10 years. Suddenly out of the blue, I have like one. And I, I was just like, okay. And then we go in to see that diagnosis and suddenly they're like, well, there's a lot of other stuff going on in here. And I'm like, okay. And so of course you think I've slept really well since then? Hell no. You know, but part of what I need is to get some good sleep, you know? And so there's these things that if you don't start talking about this stuff and putting it out there and suddenly I'm having a conversation with a buddy of mine. He's like, oh yeah, I had that same issue. He goes, it's probably a thyroid thing. And of course I went and saw my doctor right after that. And he's like, yeah, we're going to look at like, not the main thyroid, but there's some little thyroids behind the main thyroid that if one of those is like dysfunctional, I'm like, of course I'm going to have the dysfunctional because <laughs> I'm dysfunctional as it is. So let's just go there. But um, it's an interesting space to play in as men and as gay men to like, what if we just open up? What if yeah. we just say what we need to say? And um, I wish we would do more of this. Yeah. Because I think that would heal. It would heal so many wounds, number one. And especially, again, as we're coming up to Valentine's Day, I know there's a whole lot of wounds that are open right now. Like, here I am again, single. I don't have anybody. Da, 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 da. It's like, okay, well, first analyze why you think you might be single without like beating the shit out of yourself. Yeah. But then ask yourself, why do you not want to be single? Like get real about it. Yep. It isn't about having a piece of ass and a dick in bed with you every night. There's all yeah. this other stuff that comes with that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Even totally. though Steve just wants a piece of ass and a dick in bed with him all night, he's not saying that, but I'm just. Going yeah. I mean, that's nice, but I think, you know, and that's, I think, you know, rewind 20 years, that was the primary mm-hmm. motivator for relationships and sort yep. of the sex and um, body and, you know, and, all of that. But I would say my motivations now, I mean, are, are different. I mean, I think the, um, for me, sex is obviously super important, but it's also the closeness and connection and, um, 
you know, just uh, feeling special to someone and someone feeling special to you and, and the idea of someone being there for you in your vulnerable moments. I mean, I think those things have sort of shifted over the, you know, sex part for me at this point in my, in my, in my fifties. And so, so yeah, I think those are good questions. Like, you know, who are you and, you know, what's holding you back. And then, you know, what do you, you know, what are you willing to do to be in a relationship? And, um, and well, and yeah. seeing within those questions that this isn't about beating yourself up. It's like no. getting really real with yourself. You know, I, you know, my husband and I always joke like we were in we were in Long Beach yesterday having breakfast, and oh, there was just I mean, this guy was just he was he was just a, gorgeous. I mean, it wasn't like rock star, but he had okay. I'll be honest, he had a great ass. And he was just nicely put together. And we always joke, yeah, just one night. We only need it for one night. You know, we just one night and we don't need it forever. But it's like, okay, these things that we start to say, but like when I'm working with my my clients and they'll say, just for one night, I'm like, okay, so you have that for one night. Then what? Yeah. What is beyond the one night? Yeah. What is it you really want? You know, yeah. and because I work with so many guys who are coming out of the closet. Yeah yeah, sex is going to be kind of a quote initial driver, so to speak. Yeah. But yet because they're just coming out of another relationship and you know, I know you're well aware of what these are. It's like so interesting to go, okay, but what is the next morning and what do you want to be doing tomorrow evening? And what do you want to be doing with someone on a weekend? And you know, it, there's so many different things that I think we as men, we go, oh, it's just this one thing. Yeah. Yes, but what's deeper for you? And I'm not knocking any of you guys are like, no, I totally want to be single. Good on you. Go be single. Go be who you want to be. But also being realistic. I think this is where we as men, and again, especially as gay men, sometimes we aren't as realistic with ourselves as we should be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also think it's sort of like speaks to our culture of like what's immediately in front of us and sort of versus like what's what are longer term deeper wants mm -hmm. right it's like right. all uh, it's all of it's the surface stuff like what do you really want um and i think it just also speaks to the culture around like looks and um you know especially in the you know gay subculture around physical fitness you know spending your time and energy there's a finite amount of time and energy in the day and where do you right. spend it working on yourself inside and what's important to you or working on your body and making sure your, you know, biceps are big and that you look a certain way, you know, they're all choices, right? Like, and yeah. so, yeah. So that guy looks great and, you know, and yeah, we'd all, you know, like to, you know, sleep with him. And, but then what, what's it like for that guy who people are just wanting to sleep with and not be with, right? Like, mm -hmm. so there's also that whole idea around objectifying this person and just to something instead of who they are as a human, because that right. person could be as wounded or isolated, you know, because all people see them as, is a sexual object beyond right. that there. And so I think that's like sort of the wholeness piece. It sort of ties back to, you know, when I'm working with my clients, when I'm working with my clients, it's, a, I always come with this integrated, most of my clients come to me for, um, you know, professional leadership, 
or executive coaching. And, but, but I'm always saying to them, as we start our engagement, this is about an integrated personal and professional. And it's really about that. And that's the same as gay men going out to a bar to pick someone up. It's like, yeah, that's the reason we're there. And then there's all the other stuff, right? It's the integration of our wholeness. Right. Um, I think that's really sort of like the key key and like, yeah, the next morning after you've had this, you know, great encounter with this person you think is totally hot, like who else are they? Like, what else do you want to know about them? Um, Well, and I think this is something a lot of guys miss. So again, let's kind of come back full circle to the whole dating thing and and actually even career stuff. You know, it's so interesting how every one of these things leads to the same question. Well, what is it you really want? Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like, what do you, you know, what is it Steve really wants to like be opening his coaching practice? You know, I remember asking all those questions of myself years ago. What is it I really wanted when I started these podcasts? What is it I wanted? I wanted an avenue to have some conversations that I wasn't able to have or and a venue to have it, you know, in. what is it I want as a coach? I just want to you know, have impact with men who are hurting at some of the deepest levels in their lives to truly be who they are. It's not about making the money, which is great. The money is great, but it's more about, I want to keep having this impact. Plus every time, even today, every time I get to have these conversations, whether it's with someone as a guest on the show or somebody in, in a coaching session, I learn and I grow. So why do I do this? Cause I want to continue to grow yeah. plain and simple, yeah. plain yeah. and simple. Yeah. But. I think for me, the reason I do it is I think very much tied to what you're doing impact. I too grow, but I also love what I love so much about coaching is the intimacy of the relationship with the confidentiality and the fact that people will share things with you that are completely unrelated. They seem unrelated on the surface, Mm -hmm. but then when you kind of dig deeper, there's a correlation and the, 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 the greatest joy is the, 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 the breakthroughs that clients have and like seeing them go, Oh my God, this has been holding me back for years. And we spent some time in this area. And now all of a sudden, like, Oh, my being gay and being afraid to speak up in a meeting because I felt like people were going to be interpreting if I was feminine or if I uh, wasn't uh, presenting as like the other, you know, straight executives, like seeing them be able to put that away and not enter their mind and just step into who they are. It's so freaking beautiful. Yep. Um, and it just, it has a trickle effect throughout, like, right. Like throughout their lives. And so I think, those are the things that just sort of um, really excite me about the work. And obviously for me, I focus on my coaching is on, you know, underrepresented communities, um, women, uh, LGBTQ plus, and then people of color. And what I find and love so much about what I do is the intersection of intersection of, in my experience as an outsider and, and each of those groups having experiences as an outsider and dominant culture and, and being able to connect with them on that, whatever that is, and being able to connect with them and then sort of be able to work through that, how that's been holding them back and who they want to be. And to the point of, okay, so we started this around dating yeah. and everything yeah. and, 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 and around Valentine's day. And I, I originally thought I'm going to do something about, okay, single awareness day. I'm like, I'm so sick of doing that one. Yeah. I want to just, I wanted to have some conversation about every bit of this. Every yeah. bit of us that what we've just talked about starts with loving yourself. 
plain and simple. And that's where Valentine's day comes in to have a date with yourself. Yep. Figure out exactly what you want. What are the things that make you happy? What are the things that bring you the most joy every day? And on Valentine's day, when you're alone, treat yourself to those things. Exactly. And there's your, there's your date. There's your person Mm -hmm. that you're going to be with. It's Mm -hmm. really. And so I, you know, I used to have that feeling of it was, it's a kind of tied to the scarcity feeling of like, Oh, I don't have this other person. And there's so much pressure around being coupled, but it's like, now I'm just like, okay, what are the things that I want to do that are going to make me happy on that day? And maybe I'll do more of them just to sort of indulge because I don't have that other person. So I love that you brought that up because I don't know if it was, it may have been last year. One of my clients who pretty high flying exec sort and trying to figure out his next moves. He loves what he does, but he's not completely impassioned by it. Yeah. Makes amazing money. I mean, I'm just like, okay, you're making tons of good money and you get, you got the corner office, all this sort of stuff. Wasn't dating at the time, but he'd really come to a space of really great acceptance around, Hey, I'm okay. I'm right where I need to be with all this. But he was really struggling with like, where am I going next? What is that next thing? You know, that I want to be doing that really brings me alive and we literally were rolling up to Valentine's Day. And of course, the first thing that came out of his mouth that session was like, and, you know, here we are rolling up to Valentine's Day. Do I have any plans? I'm like, I don't know. Do you? He goes, no. And I could tell the way he said it. I'm like, well, are you wishing you had somebody in your life? He goes, well, kind of, sort of, but not really. And I, I believed him. I'm like, I think that was really coming from a place of truth. I said, so what is really bugging you? It's like, well, here's, it's just, it's kind of like a new year. Another year rolls around and here, here I am with this. I said, okay, but what if you spent Valentine's day, like just giving yourself the space to really think about like, okay, I want to, I want to play. I want to dream what is next. Yeah. And he like lit up. He's like, that's a great thing because I'm going to have a date with myself. Yeah. I'm going to go somewhere where I can just be with myself. And it was pretty cool because he, he actually was from the Bay area too. And he decided on Valentine's day that he was going to hop in the car. He decided to take the day off. He was going to hop in the car, grab some wine, some cheese, you know, and he drove to Monterey and he rented, he rented a little hotel room for the night, got there midday, picked one that was ocean, ocean view centric. Yeah. Right. And he goes, and I, I literally sat there all afternoon and drank my wine and wrote in my journal about what everything could be if I wanted to just let myself go do something. So beautiful. He goes, and he had been in a long-term relationship. He'd been in a relationship for about 10 years. And he goes, if you had asked me to, you know, what I would have done a year ago, I would have been in my pity party. He goes, that was the best Valentine's day. He goes, and not knocking, you know, they, they split up for some very interesting, unique reasons because he still cares for his ex and everything. But he goes, that was the best Valentine's day I've had in a long time because it wasn't about being with somebody. It was about being with myself. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I think we've, we've, we've solved the world. We've solved the world's problems, right, Steve, we don't need to do anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So I would just, yeah. uh, I think we're at the end of our time. I would just say for, for your audiences, Valentine's days coming up, just, you know, one to three things that really, really bring you joy, whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's hiking at the Pacific Ocean. That's yep. that's my happy place. Yep. 
Um, maybe it's for you going to a coffee house and bringing your your favorite book and sitting and having your favorite coffee drink and do it for two hours and just be with yourself, right? Absolutely. And, um, beautiful things. So, yeah. and if it also means maybe hooking up or doing something else that you really like, do that too. But, but, and, and that's the thing. Give yourself permission to yeah, do the things that yeah. makes brings you alive. And it doesn't yeah. mean if you're going to go hook up, that doesn't mean that you're a big old hoe. It just means, hey, today it feels like that's a good thing to go do. Yeah. So Yeah. Uh, and but, do it from a place of abundance and not yeah. like needing to do it. It's more of like, hey, I'm feeling this and this opportunity came up. And yeah, you know, so whatever it is, it's about you treating yourself on that day. It's a great place great place thank you so much steve for being here man thank you for having me (laughs) i always love our conversations i loved it when we did the other podcast and this is a great one and guys i hope you go out whatever you do this valentine's day do it for you do it for you because you love even if you've got a guy with you do it for you because you love doing it with him but you're also doing it for you. I think sometimes it's like, oh, we forget ourselves in these equations. And um, of course, now I got to think about what the hell I'm going to do with hubby. But um, (laughs) We've been together so long. It's like, do you want to even get cards this year? Nah. Okay, cool. Pressure's off, you know? That's good. um, That's good. Yeah, so. All right, Steve, thank you. And if you all want to connect up with Steve, all the information will be there on the website to connect. What's your website, Steve? Let's do a quick Steve shout out. Steve and you're going to screw up saying his last name. Just I do all the time. I always have to check with him. Like, is it Dissel Horse or Dysel Horse? Or, you know, I'm te- I keep telling him, just change the last name, man. You'll get more yeah. dates if they can yeah. say your last name. They- <laughs> I've thought about it. I've thought about it, but I have a brand with that name and there's exactly. very few. I'm yes. different. That's there's very that's few, what makes so you unique. Yeah. yeah so, so it's out there. Steve And yeah, ch- uh, check it out. And if you uh, want to reach out and I'd love to have a conversation with you. Thank Absolutely. You. All right, man. Take care. That's a wrap for 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where the conversations continue.